All right, welcome back, everybody. It is great to be back. I said I'll be back. In true Arnold Schwarzenegger fashion, and here I am, I am back. We are all back on this on this episode. Thank you for joining me, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the previous episode. Heck, I hope you enjoyed the previous two episodes. Welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. Continuing on, and, uh, I, you know, the bonus episodes, don't get used to this, by the way. There won't be very many bonus episodes for a while. This is me just kind of testing the waters as far as this bonus content goes. I'm just testing the waters, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking at a few things. I'm looking at some metrics. I'm looking at some numbers. I'm looking at uh, podcast participation. And for those of you still participating on the podcast, thank you for joining us. And by the way, on that note, I do thank you very much, those of you who share this podcast with other people, especially certain states have an unusually high you know, listenership rate. And I suspect that's because people in those states tend to share the podcast with other people that they know, friends, family, that probably live in the same state. So the numbers go up in that state. Uh, Michigan has always been a good participant on the podcast, a.k.a. the study group. Thank you, Michigan. Big shout out to you folks up there. Been a long time since I've been to Michigan. And Florida, interestingly enough. Florida is a rising state on the podcast. Thank you for joining us, Florida. Arizona, big shout out to Arizona. I like the numbers out of Arizona. Thank you, everybody out there who's listening to the podcast and sharing it with friends, family, associates, coworkers, whomever you may find it uh, may benefit from this uh, this content. And, and by the way, by the time this episode is over, I think you're going to find that everybody in the country can benefit from this content. So I want to I want to push this one more time loud and proud. Share the podcast. Get the word out. And good news on that front. Well, before I get to the good news, Texas, Texas, what is going on, Texas? You folks are not sharing the podcast. You folks are not spreading the word about the podcast. What's going on down there in Texas? Now, I know that there's some people in Texas listening to this podcast. And if it is truly, you know, don't mess with Texas, you need to share this podcast. Because if ever there was a podcast that had the don't mess with Texas spirit, it's this one, right? Don't mess with the Founding Fathers. Don't mess with our Declaration of Independence. Don't mess with our Bill of Rights. And don't mess with Texas. But spread the word in Texas about the podcast if you're not spreading the word about the podcast in Texas. You're doing it wrong. If you're on the study group, you have to. It's a requirement. I require you to share the podcast with other people. (laughs) I'm kind of halfway joking, but no, seriously, share the podcast. Why aren't you sharing the podcast down there in Texas? What's going on down there? Do I need to come down there to Texas and light a fire under it? All right, enough of that. But no, good news, the Patreon podcast, by the way, or the Patreon website is back up and running. Uh, I do still have some podcast episodes over there as kind of a bonus for those folks over th- who go over there and subscribe. What is Patreon? I'll go over the Patreon thing one more time before we get into the podcast here. The Patreon thing is really a subscription thing. You can go over there, create an account on Patreon. There will be a link in the show notes to this podcast. You can just click on the link and go over there. You have to create an account. But then you can get into Podcasts with Roman, and there's a subscription that you can sign up for. Yes, it does cost money. Good news, it's only $1 a month. I'm dead serious. I don't even know that you can get a cup of coffee at a gas station for $1 anymore. Starbucks, don't even get me started. But even a gas station cup of coffee probably costs more than a dollar. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe 89 cents, something like that. But it's a dollar. Uh, that allows you to get access to the po- the study group a little bit more. You can send me messages through there. You can send questions, comments, thoughts, whatever you whatever you feel like sending me, as long as it's appropriate, as long as it's constructive. Uh, that'll allow me to bring those questions and those comments onto this podcast or a future podcast. That's going to be kind of the hub for all the podcasts that I do, and I'm working on a second one. I don't know when it's going to go up, but I'm working on it. 
But uh, you'll be able to go in there and ask questions and so on and so forth instead of having to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And that basically allows you to do two things at one time. Support the podcast work that I'm doing, especially with the new podcast, Podcasts with Roman, all that stuff. And be able to ask questions and, and direct comments about the podcast content directly to me. So it's fantastic. Give it a shot if you want to. If not, no worries. You can still continue to listen to the podcast and I will not be mad at you. Unless you live in Texas and you're not sharing the podcast with other people. I'm joking. But no, seriously, share the podcast. So what are we going to talk about today? World War III, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to talk about the history of World War III. Now, I know what you're going to say. Roman, for crying out loud, man. Roman, World War III hasn't happened. How are you going to talk about the history of World War III? I got a time machine. I am a, I'm back from the future. And I'm going to teach you. I'm going to tell you the history of War No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I don't have a time machine and I'm not back from the future. Uh, that title, you know... The title of this podcast, the, the History of World War III, is going to be me addressing a particular topic. There has been a lot of—I've been wanting to do this episode for a while, I just haven't gotten around to it. And I am going to demonstrate to you what studying history, keeping your ear to the ground, and being a free-thinking individual is go- how this will benefit you in life. And it all circles around this topic of World War III. There has been a lot of fear-mongering over the last— Oh, year or so about World War III breaking out, ladies and gentlemen. Have you heard it? Oh my gosh, World War III is right around the corner. If we're not careful, the United States is going to start World War III. Oh my gosh, I can feel it. The United States, it's coming. Uh, the United States is going to be responsible for causing World War III and we're all going to die. Western civilization is going to collapse. The sky is going to fall. The aliens are going to invade and we're all going to die. That's basically what you've been hearing. If you listen to certain people, and they're blaming it on us. They're, they're saying that we're going to cause World War III. The United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, is going to cause World War III. And it all has to do with Ukraine. Yes, I said, if I, I'm finally going to say it. I'm finally going to talk about it because I can't stand it anymore. I can't stand these people who don't study history, who claim that they study history. They'll, they'll claim all day long that they spend time in a, in a history museum or a library studying history, but they don't ever talk about what I'm going to talk about on this podcast. Little old me. This is not my full-time job. I don't do this for a living. I have a full-time job, and it's not podcasting. But somehow, I managed to figure this out. I managed to figure out something that nobody else has been able to figure out. I have connected the dots that nobody else has been able to connect. Do you want to hear it? Are you interested? Do I have your attention yet? Hopefully, I do. You're going to find out the value of this podcast and why this is worth your time. So let me start in on this. So people are saying, what, what, what am I talking about? Why are people saying that the United States is going to start World War III? So Russia invades Ukraine. Russia did that. The United States did not invade Ukraine. I'm just going to put that right out there. And somebody out there is going to be like, Roman, for God's sakes, man, we know the United States did not invade Ukraine. This is not news. I know. I just have to get it out there. Because these people who are, who are fear-mongering over World War III are acting like we invaded Ukraine. As a matter of fact, they're acting like we invaded Russia. They're basically saying that in not so many words. They're basically accusing the United States of invading Russia and, and trying to start World War III. It's very interesting stuff. I mean, it's, I mean, if you enjoy the random musings of the criminally insane, this is what people are saying. There's, there's about 10 million different problems with what they're saying, but that's what they're saying. Now, lately, what have we heard? I mean, initially it was, you know, well, we can't send weapons to Ukraine. It's going to start World War III. It's going to make Russia angry. Now, I don't know when we started worrying about making Russia angry, but apparently this is a big concern. This is keeping people up nights. Okay. So we can't send weapons to Ukraine. We're going to make Russia angry. Okay. So in other words, we can't defend, we can't help defend people who want nothing more than their freedom because that's going to make Russia angry. Okay. Now, again, I don't know why these people are so worried about making Russia angry because they don't seem too worried about Russia making us angry. They don't seem to be worried about that at all, which is really weird when you think about it. 
Now, the latest and greatest is, well, we can't send tanks to Russia because that's going to make Russia angry. It's going to start World War III. And, of course, the, the, uh, the icing on the cake, the gold star. We can't send jets to Ukraine, like F-16s. We can't send jets to Ukraine. It's going to start World War III. I mean, it's like the boy who cried wolf with these people. I mean, everything along the way was going to start World War III, yet somehow, as of the date that I record this, correct me if I'm wrong, but World War III has not started yet. Okay, the day I'm recording this, by the way, is February the 23rd. I just got off work, by the way. I worked 11 hours today in the office, and now here I am recording this podcast because I just can't stand to listen to this crap anymore. The Jets. The Jets, ladies and gentlemen. We can't send F-16s. It's going to start World War III. Oh my gosh, America is going to start World War III. I mean, never mind that Russia invaded Ukraine. I mean, that's not going to start World War III. But the United States helping Ukraine? Oh, that by God, that's going to start World War III, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to happen. It's right around the corner. Can you feel it? So here's the problem with all this, ladies and gentlemen. Where am I? Where, Roman, where are you going with this? Somebody might ask. Where are you going with this, Roman? Well, I'm going to read you some some stories from history, from, from history from, you know, 70 plus 80 years ago, 70, 80 years ago. And then I'm going to read you some more current day history. And I'm going to connect some dots and I am going to complete the puzzle that these people can't seem to complete because they, they refuse to. They could if they wanted to, they just refuse to because they don't want to admit the truth because they have some agenda. I don't even know what it is. I don't know whether they're just scared little babies I don't know whether they're what I call white flag Americans or if they're just plain stupid because these people have all the resources available to them, the ones with a microphone. They have all the resources available to them to do the same basic research that I did. And I didn't even have to research this stuff, really. The only reason why I did research is so I could quote literature to you folks so you know that I'm not making it up. I already knew all this stuff. Just right off the top of my head, because studying history is a way of life. This is the podcast, by the way, where TLDR does not apply and the study of history is a way of life. So they want us to walk on eggshells around Russia. Russia can invade Ukraine all day long, and Russia can do the other things that I'm about ready to talk about, but we have to walk on eggshells around Russia. Now, why is that? Why do they want us to walk on eggshells around Russia? And the stories that I'm about ready to read to you will demonstrate that Russia not only does not walk on eggshells around us, they are perfectly capable and willing to smack us upside the head with a two-by-four multiple times and not think twice about it. But by God, we're supposed to walk on eggshells, ladies and gentlemen. If you listen to these World War III fearmongers out there, we can't do anything that's going to upset big bad Russia because we're going to start World War III. We're going to start World War III? What about Russia? Are they starting World War III? Anyway, the, I love the blame America crowd. This is just priceless, priceless. And these people, again, claim to study history. But I, I either, I don't know, either they're being deliberately obtuse or, again, they're dumber than a bag of rocks. So let me start reading to you. Let's just dive right in. I'm not even going to set the stage of the event. I'm just going to start reading to you. And then I'm going to pause periodically to comment. This first piece that I'm going to read to you, by the way, comes from the National Museum of the United States Air Force. So I think this is probably a credible source. What do you think? This is not exactly Wikipedia here. This isn't some weird, you know, blog that some lunatic living in Bolivia who, who never leaves his mother's basement is writing. No, this is the United States Air Force Museum. Okay, so this is, this is what I would call a credible source, if ever there was one. Let me read this to you. The title of the piece, quote, Soviet pilots over MiG Alley, end quote. 
Soviet pilots over MiG Alley. What is MiG Alley? I Oh my gosh, this is history that I've never heard. Actually, I have heard it before. But the World War III fearmongers would like to have you believe that they have never heard of this before. Okay, let me continue on. Quote, The opening of archives in the former Soviet Union confirmed a fact that had long been denied. The USSR provided many of the MiG-15 pilots and units that fought in MiG Alley, like their U.S. Air Force opponents, several of these Soviet pilots were World War II combat veterans. End quote. The Soviets, I want you to keep this in mind the entire podcast episode. Soviet, the Soviet Union, provided pilots and aircraft. Pilots and aircraft. Okay, and the whole time you're thinking of this, I want you to remember something that came up about a year ago that I have not heard since. Do you remember people talking about a no-fly zone over Ukraine? Do you remember people talking about a no-fly zone over Ukraine? You can go find the articles. I'm not even going to bother to bring that up in an actual article. It's not worth my time. That was going to start World War III, ladies and gentlemen, just like everything else, right? If the United States sends tanks, it's going to start World War III. If the United States sends javelin missiles, it's going to start World War III. If the United States scratches its rear end in a way that the, so- the Russians don't like, it's going to start World War III. You see how this works? But by God, the Soviet Union can send pilots and jets. And somehow World War III didn't break out. Let me continue on so you know what I'm talking about. Quote, Before the Korean War... Soviet pilots were already in China training the newly created Communist Chinese Air Force, or People's Liberation Army Air Force. In August 1950, the USSR secretly deployed MiG-15s to Antung, next to the border with North Korea. Soviet MiG-15 pilots flew their first combat missions over North Korea in early November 1950. The Soviets tried to hide their nationality and denied they had pilots in direct combat. Their MiG-15s had North Korean or Chinese markings. Soviet pilots received orders to only speak Korean phrases over the radio, although F-86 pilots heard them speaking Russian over the radio in the heat of combat. Despite these precautions, U.S. Air Force pilots reported seeing non-Asian pilots flying the MiGs. Sabre pilots also noticed the difference in experience when less skilled North Korean and Chinese pilots also began flying MiG-15s against them. They nicknamed the more capable Soviet pilots Honchos, Japanese for boss. The fact that Soviet pilots were flying the MiGs became an open secret, end quote. Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, the Soviets are going to start World War III. They sent pilots and planes, not just pilots, not just like F-16s, but they sent the pilots too. Oh my gosh. Gosh, World War III broke out in Korea in the 1950s. We fought World War III with the Soviet Union. Oh, wait, that's right. We didn't fight World War III with the Soviet Union. Yeah, but nothing happened. I mean, the Korean War happened, but World War III did not happen. How's that possible, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, let me, let's look. How, how did that happen? How is it possible that World War III didn't happen? Oh, my gosh, I'm confused. I'm baffled. Because I've been told by so many World War III fearmongers that if we send jets to Ukraine, World War III is going to break out. Can somebody please help me? I'm confused. I, I don't understand. Now, here, here's the question. Because I'm confused, I, I need some help. Am I dumber than a bag of crap? Or are these people who are World War III fearmongering dumber than a bag of crap and don't know how to study history? And don't understand that this thing that people are so afraid of Sending tanks and fighter planes to Ukraine. The Soviets, a.k.a. the Russians, already did that! They did it to us in Korea. And here's the kicker. We didn't invade North Korea. North Korea invaded South Korea, and we were defending them. 
the exact opposite situation of what's going on in Ukraine. And it still didn't start World War III. So in other words, what the Soviets, a.k.a. the Russians, did in Korea was much worse than what people are talking about us doing, sending F-16s to Ukraine. And it still didn't start World War III. Now, either I am bats not crazy, or they are. And I think we know the answer to that question. Let me keep reading. Quote, Antung, just across the Yalu River border in Manchuria, was the main MiG-15 base. The communists built additional MiG bases in the area, which together with the original base became known as the Antung Complex. Since it was in China, the rules of engagement prevented UN forces from bombing it. End quote. Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to start World War III. I mean, if we send jets, it's all over. World War III is going to start. Oh my gosh. I mean, imagine. Imagine if the Soviets actually would have supplied MiGs, and not only MiGs, but pilots, to Korea during the Korean War. It would have started World War III. Thank God the Soviets didn't do that. Oh, wait, they did. Continuing on. Quote, the secondary MiG-15 base in Anshan, Laoyang, Mukden, and other areas in China provided places to rotate MiG-15 units out of combat, and after arrest allowed them to be sent back quickly to Antung. The primary saber bases were at Kimpo and Suwon. Under orders from their leaders and limited by the range of their aircraft, MiG-15 pilots rarely flew south of Senenju or the Chuchon River. These limitations created the boundaries of MiG Alley, located just off the coast of North Korea. Chodo Island was the main thorn in the side of the communists for the entire war. The radar station there provided radar coverage of MiG Alley. Perhaps more importantly, if the crew in a damaged aircraft could make it to Korean, Korea Bay, the rescue units based at Chandu could pick them up. End quote. So it details in some regard the situation in MiG Alley, where the Soviet pilots and their planes were attacking UN forces, aka United States forces. Let's just be honest. The vast majority of the combat forces were United States forces. They, they call them UN forces for politically correct reasons. How come this didn't lead to World War III, ladies and gentlemen? Because that's what we're told. And by the way, it wasn't just MiGs. Where do you think the, Kore the North Koreans got their T-34 tanks? Last I checked... At the end of World War II, North Korea didn't exactly have a thriving weapons industry using have, being able to produce modern tanks. And the T-34 at the time was a relatively modern tank. Relatively. I mean, it was a little dated, but you get the idea. Where did those T-34s come from? Where did the rest of the weapons that North Korea was fighting with, where did this come from? And again, keep in mind, North Korea invaded South Korea, not the other way around. And the Soviets still sent their own people and still sent MiGs to attack us, the United States, in Korea. And we were defending them, defending South Korea. The Russians in Ukraine are not defending anybody. They're on the attack. You see the difference? What the Soviets, a.k.a. the Russians, did in Korea was ten times worse than what we're doing in Ukraine, trying to defend the Ukrainians. Now, we can debate whether or not we, we should be spending as much money as we're spending, how the money's being spent, the accounting of it, the oversight. I'm an accountant, for God's sakes. I have an accounting degree. I naturally want the money to be accounted for properly. I want there to be an audit. I'm not debating this. This is not the debate. The debate is this fear-mongering that the United States of America is going to start World War III by doing nothing more than sending 40 tanks to, to Ukraine. Believe me, the Soviets sent a heck of a lot more than 40 tanks to frickin' Korea in the Korean War. But we forget all about that, ladies and gentlemen, because we have to walk on eggshells. I mean, the Soviets, a.k.a. the Russians, can shove a rolling pin up our rear end and beat us over the head with a 2x4, but we have to walk on eggshells around them. You see how this works? 
This is that defeatist, white flag American mindset. And frankly speaking, I'm getting a little sick and tired of listening to it. Are you getting sick and tired of hearing it? I mean, maybe you've tuned it out by now. Maybe you haven't heard it. Count your blessings, by the way, if you haven't heard this crap, because frankly, it's starting to make my ears bleed. After all the things that the Soviet Union did to us during the Cold War, including Korea, these people attacked our United States military service personnel. They killed Americans. And they did it on the attack, with North Korea on the, on the attack. Not like Ukraine on the defensive. And we basically just rolled over and took it. And now we've got to walk on eggshells, ladies and gentlemen, otherwise... We're going to start World War III. We can't make Russia angry or we're going to start World War III. Now, let me read you something else about Korea that nobody wants to talk about. I've mentioned it a few times on this podcast because nobody else likes to talk about it. I'll talk about it. This is a news article that comes by way of the Deseret News. I encourage you to read the entire article because I will not read it all on this podcast. Thank you, Deseret News, by the way, for writing this article. This was written by a Cody K. Carlson. Title of the article, and I quote, This week in history, China enters the Korean War, end quote. Oh my gosh, what? China enters the war now too? Oh boy, it's like a tag team event against the United States, isn't it? It's just open frickin' season on the United States. Not a lot of, by the way, do you get the impression there was a lot of walking on eggshells around the United States at the time? Or today, for that matter. Do you get the feeling there's a lot of walking on eggshells around the United States? Because I don't. But we're supposed to walk on eggshells around Russia because God forbid we make Russia angry. We don't want to do that. What we want to do is we want to crawl into a dark corner and start sucking our thumb. According to these World War III fearmongers, let me read to you this, uh, a piece from this article. Quote, On November 25th to 26, 1950, the Chinese army entered the Korean War in earnest with a violent attack against the American and United Nations forces in North Korea. The 300,000-man Chinese offensive caught the UN forces off guard, largely because of U.S. General Douglas MacArthur's belief that China would not openly enter the war and vastly expand the conflict, end quote. That last part's true, by the way. General MacArthur definitely dropped the ball in a big way. But did you hear that? Quote, the 300,000-man Chinese offensive, end quote. 300,000. Can you imagine—I want you to imagine, if you will, these World War III fearmongers that we have today. If we announced that we were sending 300,000 United States forces to Ukraine to engage in combat with the Russians, can you imagine their head literally lifting off of their shoulders, spinning around 360 degrees, and then blowing up? Because I can. But the Chinese did it to us in Korea, and we just ignore it. This was a declaration of war, by the way. I've said this before on this podcast. The Chinese declared war on the United States. You can't send 300,000 people across the Yalu River to attack United States Armed Service personnel and not be a declaration of war. Now, did we recognize this as a declaration of war? No, we didn't. Just like everything else that China does to us today, we, we ignore it. We never recognize anything they do as a declaration of war. Just like Russia, apparently, they can beat us over the head with a 2x4 and shove a rolling pin up our rear end and we just take it. Because we have to walk on eggshells around these people. Are you sick and tired of this yet? I haven't even gotten halfway through this podcast episode and I'm already sick and tired of it. I mean, how much longer are we going to keep listening to the World War III fearmongers and this white flag American mindset of crawling into a corner and sucking our thumb? How much longer are we going to take this? We've been taking it for, from, from China. We've been taking it from China for almost 100 years. How much more? How much longer? 
Let me continue, and let me tell you how this works on the ground when China does this. Quote, One unit that bore the brunt of the Chinese onslaught was the United States Army's 2nd Division, 9th Regiment. Born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, Lieutenant Takahashi had been, along with his family, among over 100,000 Japanese Americans interned in the United States during World War II. In Korea, Takahashi served in the 9th Regiment's Love Company, made up of about 170 men, where he commanded a platoon. The company had crossed the cold but relatively shallow Chongchun River and held a perimeter on its west bank. Unaware of the impending Chinese assault, the company had little ammo and few grenades. When the Chinese attacked, Love Company was taken completely by surprise. The company's captain had been hit, and Takahashi held the perimeter for as long as he could before ordering his men to fall back to higher ground, rallying his men, who were dropping like flies to the Chinese bullets and bombs. Takahashi set up a position on the hill, end quote. Thank God for that man. I mean, despite the insult that this man suffered at the hands of his own country, Japanese internment during World War II, here this man is fighting heroically in Korea against a 300,000-strong Chinese army that declared war on the United States of America, a war we still do not admit is going on. We completely ignore it because we're walking on eggshells, ladies and gentlemen, just like the World War III fearmongers want us to do. They want to forget. They want to forget about Lieutenant Takahashi. And they want to forget about his men who were, quote, dropping like flies to Chinese bullets and bombs, end quote. Let's just forget about Takahashi and his men. These guys don't matter, right? I mean, that's what they would say. They would say, oh, these guys don't matter. Let's just forget about them. They died for America. They died for South Korea. They died so that people could have nothing more than their freedom against a 300,000-strong Chinese military and Soviet pilots circling overhead shooting at American pilots all of which should have started World War III, according to the World War III fearmongers. But Russia invades Ukraine, and we decide we're going to get a little get-back for what they did to us in Korea, and all of a sudden, we're going to start World War III. Start sucking your thumb. Raise the white flag, because we're going to start World War III. Shut up! I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, if there is a god, if there is a god, when all this is over, I am going to go eyeball to eyeball with God. And I am going to ask him, with all, with all due respect and in all seriousness, why in the world did you make me share this country with these people? Oh, the Soviets can send MiGs, and they can send pilots, and they can kill our people all day long. Who gives a crap? The Chinese can send 300,000 soldiers and start killing our people, including Lieutenant Takahashi's men, dropping like flies... And it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Let's not talk about them. Let's not talk about the Americans who died for us so we can live fat and sassy in the United States of America. And so the South Koreans can live free. Thank God. And to all those people who constantly harp on the troops that we still have in South Korea, roughly 25, 28,000 soldiers. We got to pull the soldiers out of South Korea. We don't need them there anymore. Yeah, let's just piss away all the sacrifice that Lieutenant Takahashi and his men gave so that those people could be free. Let's just piss it all away. I've had it. I freaking had it. Are you sick and tired of this crap yet? Am I the only one who's sick and tired? And I guarantee you, me yelling into this microphone like I'm doing is going to drive another dozen people or so off this podcast and they're never going to come back. Take your white flag with you. If you leave this podcast because I'm yelling again into this microphone, take your white flag with you, go hide in a corner and start sucking your thumb, you coward. And I pray God that the Lieutenant Takahashis of the world never have to fight for your freedom ever again. You absolute disgusting human being. Take your white flag with you. And to all the World War III fearmongers out there, for God's sakes, would you please read some frickin' history and show some frickin' respect for what our people have been through. 
and understand that we did not start this thing in Ukraine. Russia started it. And we are once again responding to their belligerence. And we are expected to walk on eggshells. We are expected to bow down. We are expected to bow and scrape and spread eagle for these people, for Russia, for China, in a never-ending display of humiliation. Because we're constantly scared of starting World War III. Does Russia sound like they're scared of starting World War III? No. Does China sound like they're scared of starting World War III? No, they don't. But we're supposed to bow and scrape. I'm tired of it. I'm not bowing and scraping anymore. Are you going to—by the way, you listen, the listeners of the study group, are you tired of bowing and scraping? Are you tired of the white flag Americans constantly asking this country to walk on eggshells? Because I am. And I'm not even close to done, folks. Let us continue. Oh, boy, I've got more. Boy, do I've got more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast forward. We're going to hop in the time machine, and we're going to get up to current times, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to fast forward to the 21st century, and I'm going to read you an article from the BBC News. This was written by a Mary Ann Rousson. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Shout out to you. Thank you for writing this article. This was written on May 10th of 2021. Title of the article, quote, U.S. fuel pipeline hackers didn't mean to create problems, end quote. Well, boo-hoo. I am so glad the U.S. pipeline hackers didn't mean to cause a problem. Does anybody remember this, by the way? Have you heard anybody talk about this recently? I mean, ever since the pipeline was turned back on, Americans could not possibly forget about this fast enough. This is that TLDR short memory stuff that I keep talking about. Does anybody remember the pipeline situation in 2021? This wasn't that long ago. It was literally just two years ago. Let me read this to you. And I quote, A cyber criminal gang that took a major U.S. fuel pipeline offline over the weekend has acknowledged the incident in a public statement, end quote. They issued a public statement. Quote, the U.S. issued emergency legislation on Sunday after Colonial Pipeline was hit by a ransomware attack. The pipeline carries 2.5 million barrels a day, 45% of the East Coast supply of diesel, petrol, and jet fuel. The operator took itself offline on Friday after the cyber attack. Work to restore service is continuing, end quote. Continuing as of the date of this article. Obviously, it's back online now. Ro somebody might ask the question, Roman, what does this have to do with anything that we're talking about? Well, let me read to you exactly what it means, or what this, where this is coming from. Quote, Digital Shadows research shows the cyber criminal gang is likely to be based in a Russian-speaking country, as it avoids attacking companies in post-Soviet states including Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, Georgia, Armenia, Moldova, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Uzbekistan, end quote. It's Russian-based, ladies and gentlemen. There was, there was widespread speculation based on some factual evidence that this was Russian in origin. Russian, ladies and gentlemen. They don't seem to care about attacking us. But by God, we're going to start World War III for defending Ukraine. Not attacking anybody. We're going to start World War III by defending a country. Okay. And again, I will issue this disclaimer one more time. I am not saying that everything we're doing in Ukraine is 100% great. I'm not saying that the amount of money that we're sending is, is just peachy. I'm not saying that the disappearance of some of that money is just fine with me. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just simply addressing the World War III fear-mongering that is going on and the sheer stupidity that it is to say stuff like that in light of this history that I'm reading. Because if, if us sending 40 tanks to, war, to Ukraine was going to start World War III, World War III would have started in Korea in the 1950s. Okay, World War III already would have been fought, but it wasn't. Let us continue, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about oil production. Let's talk about the thing that nobody wanted to talk about in March and April of 2020. My gosh, Roman, what are you talking about? Well, you're about ready to find out. I am going to read you an article from CNBC. Shout out to CNBC. Thank you for writing this article. 
This article was written by Abigail Ng. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And this was uh, published on April 1st of 2020. And the title of the article is, I quote, Five charts that explain the Saudi Arabia-Russia oil price war so far, end quote. So let me give you the background on this. In March of 2020, there obviously began to be a little bit of a problem with a virus that was going around. I have been very careful on this podcast to never mention it. And I have never mentioned it until just now. And I do it only because I have to. So please allow me this one exception to my rule to never mention that incident on this podcast until now. Believe me, I will never mention it again unless I absolutely have to. I've tried to avoid it like the plague, no pun intended. Or maybe pun intended. But back in March and April of 2020, clearly there was an issue, and one of the side effects of that was they began to shut things down. Cities began to shut down in part. People began to stay at their residences. They didn't go to work. They didn't go into the office if they could avoid it, so on and so forth. You know, they were trying to prevent the exacerbating of the problem, right? This lowered the demand for oil. It went way down. And the supply obviously didn't react quite that quickly to a sudden drop in demand, so the price went way down. If you understand basic economics, and I did study economics in college— I took, I think, four economics courses. I took your typical macro, micro. I took a labor economics course, and I also took intermediate microeconomics. I know a thing or two about supply and demand curves. So when, on a supply and demand curve, when you have supply that remains relatively stable and your demand craters, what happens is the price goes way down because you still have this supply, this sizable supply, but very few people actually want it. So it becomes really cheap. So this happened in March and April of 2020. And for some strange reason, at that exact same time, roughly, I mean, allegedly this started in December and January, and then it really picked up in March, but the timing of it was impeccable. At the same time, roughly, Saudi Arabia and Russia entered what they called a price war. They began to increase production like crazy. Now think about that for a second. At a time when demand is going way down for oil, way down, Saudi Arabia and Russia decide they're going to jack up supply like crazy. Now, allegedly, this was because of some contract dispute, OPEC, this, that, and the other thing. Sure it was. Let me read to you another piece of this article. Quote, Two of the world's largest oil producers, Saudi Arabia and Russia, are set to increase production dramatically this month after an agreement between OPEC and its allies to lower output expired at the end of March. End quote. Oh, how convenient. Continuing on, quote, Oil prices have fallen more than 60% since the beginning of 2020 amid the coronavirus crisis and a price war led by Riyadh and Moscow. Concerns arose over the future of oil demand in January as China battled the virus but have intensified now that infections have spread further and sent countries into lockdowns. Prices could continue to fall as producers flood the market with increased production levels that are likely to last until June at least. Ravi Krish Krishnaswamy told CNBC, end quote. Gosh, that name is hard to pronounce. So it just so happens, what a coincidence. It just so happens that at the end of March, right when everything began to shut down, this agreement between OPEC and Russia and all this began to fall apart. And so they started, what, jacking up production like crazy. My gosh, that is that is great timing, isn't it? Now, what effect does this have? Again, we talked about it. It lowers the price of oil. Now, what effect does that have on the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen? Well, to the uninitiated, they would say that, well, my gosh, that means our gasoline was really cheap and it was great and awesome for the United States of America. This is like a kid in a candy store. Our oil's dirt cheap. Okay, here's the problem with that. 
the United States is also an oil producer. And it just so happened that at this particular period of time, the United States had become one of the largest, if not the largest, oil producers on the planet, despite peak oil in 1971. I, I'm not even going to get into all that. That's a history lesson for another day, and not on this podcast. I don't talk about these off-founding fathers topics unless I feel like I have to. The reason why I'm talking about this, by the way, on this podcast is because nobody else is going to do it. So the price of oil goes way down. The price of gasoline for Americans goes way down. What about America's oil producers? Oil has to be a certain price per barrel for American oil producers to be able to be profitable. Otherwise, they go out of business. If they can't meet their profitability, if the price isn't high enough to make them profitable, American oil producers stop producing oil because they can't make any money. They go out of business and American oil production goes down dramatically. Are you beginning to see the point of all this? Why did Russia and Saudi Arabia suddenly, at just the right time, jack up oil production? Nobody wanted to admit this at the time, but I knew it when I saw it. Back in 2020, I remembered this, which is why I'm bringing it up on this podcast. I didn't just stumble across this in my research for this episode. I already knew this. Nobody was talking about it at the time because nobody wanted to admit what was going on. Saudi Arabia and Russia teamed up to try to destroy the American oil industry. They declared war on America's oil. Thus, they declared war on American energy. Thus, they declared war on us, you and me. The regular American, middle America, they declared war on us, ladies and gentlemen. Saudi Arabia and Russia. And by the way, to anybody out there who's ever going to run for president or Congress in their lifetime, I want you to remember that the next time the Saudi Arabians call 911 like they did back in 1990. These people declared war on America's oil industry in 2020. They tried to destroy it with Russia. But we're supposed to walk on eggshells, ladies and gentlemen. Has anybody told you this before? Has a single person you have ever listened to told you that Saudi Arabia and Russia declared war on American oil back in 2020 and they tried to destroy it at just the right time? Right when it was most vulnerable, they did everything that they could to try to destroy it. Has anybody ever told you that? My bet my bet is is that you have never heard that before. Why is that? And why haven't why hasn't anybody talked about it since? Why hasn't anybody talked about a Russian attack potentially on our pipeline in 2021 and Saudi Arabia and Russia tag-teaming us to destroy our oil industry and put Americans out of work. I know some folks in the audience may not like oil. I got it, believe me. But you got to understand, oil goes into a heck of a lot more than your gas tank. If you drive a Tesla, guess what? That thing is made out of oil because there's plastic in it. Where do you think the plastic comes from? It doesn't come from magic fairy dust. It comes from oil. Thank you for that. Now that we've got that settled, they went to war against America's oil, and they tried to destroy it. Now, you're going to hear people in this country gripe and complain about a pipeline over by Russia that was attacked, but are they ever going to talk to you or tell you about Russia's war on America, about how they declared war on our oil industry and tried to destroy it? No, they're not going to say a word about it. You know why? Because it doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit the narrative of America is going to start World War III. We need to raise the white flag. We need to walk on eggshells. Oh, by the way, I'm not done yet. You might think, oh my gosh, Roman, are you done with all the examples? Not yet. We got one more. You see how much ammunition I have for this? It's almost like I know what I'm doing. Now, this article is a real doozy. This next one that I'm going to read you. Now, this article is not so much an article as it is a book. I mean, it is long-winded, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to spend the next hour or so reading an article about this, go to this article that I'm about ready to give you and start reading. And an hour later, you're going to know a lot about what happened here. This article is from NPR. It was written by a 
Dina Temple Raston. I hope I pronounced that right. Shout out to you. It was written, or published anyway, on April 16th, 2021. Title of the article, and I quote, A Worst Nightmare Cyber Attack, The Untold Story of the Solar Winds Hack, end quote. When was the last time you heard anybody mention solar winds? Do some, do some of you even remember what solar winds was? Does that sound familiar? Because it was in the news for like five minutes a few years ago, and then it was gone, ladies and gentlemen. And you never heard of it again, most likely. Because nobody likes to talk about these things because we're walking on eggshells, right, folks? We're walking on eggshells over here. Where's those eggshells at? Can we get some eggshells over here? Hey, yo, can we get some eggshells over here? The World War III fearmongers have told me that I'm supposed to be walking on eggshells. Get, let's get some eggshells over here. Okay, the eggshells are on the way, ladies and gentlemen. I got, I got some eggshells coming over here. I'm going to start walking on some eggshells, just like the World War III fearmongers want me to do. But before the eggshells get here, I'm going to read some of this article to you. Quote, Last spring, a Texas-based company called SolarWinds made one such software update available to its customers. It was supposed to provide the regular fare bug fixes, performance enhancements to the company's popular network management system, a software program called Orion that keeps a watchful eye on all the various components in a company's network. Customers simply had to log into the company's software development website, type a password, and then wait for the update to land seamlessly onto their servers, end quote. Remember this the next time somebody tells you that, you know, you need to leave auto-updates on, on your, on your Windows software or whatever software. Just make sure and leave those auto-updates on because it's going to protect you. It's going to save you. Worst thing you can do is not update your software. Eh, apparently not. Continuing on, quote, The routine update, it turns out, is no longer so routine. Hackers believed to be directed by the Russian Intelligence Service, the SVR, used that routine software update to slip malicious code onto Orion's software and then used it as a vehicle for a massive cyber attack against America. End quote. A massive cyber attack against America, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, government agencies used this software, in case you're curious. Continuing on, quote, The hackers also found their way, rather embarrassingly, into the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, the office at the Department of Homeland Security whose job it is to protect federal computer networks from cyber attacks, end quote. Boy, it's just as bad as it could possibly get. Why hasn't anybody said anything about this since 2021? I marvel at this. Oh, they'll talk about all kinds of other stupid crap all day long. I'll give you an example. I said this before. Have you ever noticed how there is not a single news network in this country who can go 24 hours without mentioning the president's name or the former president's name? You can't go 24. I mean, seriously, watch a major news network for 24 hours and tell me that you never heard the president's name in 24 hours. They can't shut up about it. They can't stop mentioning their name. But when was the last time they talked about this? It's almost like we're dealing with children here. Anyway, children with a scorching case of obsessive-compulsive disorder. Anyway, continuing on. Quote, It's really your worst nightmare, Tim Brown, vice president of security at SolarWinds, said recently. You feel a kind of horror. This had the potential to affect thousands of customers. This had the potential to do gr a great deal of harm, end quote. It did do a great deal of harm, you idiot. This was characterized as one of the worst cyber attacks against government systems in United States history. Russia did this. Allegedly. I mean, that's what the article says. 
I don't make this stuff up. Now, now, if you want to say that, oh, this article is full of crap and it's not true, I've done my own forensic analysis. I've had my security experts, uh, I've, ha I've had a whole team of security experts review this and they say it wasn't Russia. Okay, fine. If that's what, if that's what you know, if that's what you believe, then fine. But this article is saying it was Russia, most likely. But we're supposed to walk on eggshells because we're going to start World War III if we send 40 Abrams tanks to Ukraine. Are you sick and tired of these examples? Do you want me to stop? I could go on, technically. I'm not going to. If there's going to be a World War III, ladies and gentlemen, it was Russia that started it, okay? And walking on eggshells, cowering in a corner and sucking our thumbs like a bunch of little American babies is not going to solve this problem. It's not going to make the wolf pass by the door. That wolf is not going to pass by the door. He is going to kick that thing down someday. He is going to drag us out of the house, and he is going to kill us in the street. Because that's what the wolf does. It's the only thing the wolf understands. And if you want to stop the wolf, sometimes what you've got to do is you've got to beat the wolf upside the head with a 50-pound sledge and throw its broken corpse over the cliff. Oh my gosh, Roman, are you saying we should go to war with Russia? No. I'm just saying, you know, as a wise man once said, if you're going to knock somebody down, knock them down so that they don't get back up again. Otherwise, they're just going to keep getting back up and smacking you upside the head. Because Russia keeps doing it to us. And China keeps doing it to us. But by God, we're just supposed to prostrate ourselves in front of these people, walk on eggshells, and just take it. Is that the American way? It seems like the new American dream is to surrender. Because as another wise man once said, if you want peace, if you want to avoid World War III, there's a guaranteed way that you can do it. It's called surrender. And that's more and more, that's what these World War III fear mongers are saying. Just surrender. Just don't do anything. Russia invades Ukraine, don't do anything. China invades Taiwan, don't do anything. Pull the troops out of South Korea. North Korea invades South Korea, just don't, don't do anything. And they would call me a warmonger because I, f I, I have no problem with defending people who are being attacked. Do I think we're doing the defending very smartly in Ukraine? Not exactly. I think there's a lot of waste. I think there's potentially some fraud going on. And as an accountant, I want that looked into. And I want that stopped. But that doesn't mean that sending 40 tanks to Ukraine is going to start World War III. It's not. And if it does, it's Russia's fault. It's not our fault. That's not on us. Because we took their crap in Korea in the 1950s. And we took, the, we took China's crap in Korea in the 1950s. And we've been swallowing China's crap their excrement ever since. How much longer do you want to keep swallowing Chinese excrement as an American? How much longer do you want to keep swallowing Russian excrement as an American? I'm sick of it. And I'm not even saying we should fight a war with them. I'm just saying we should not back down when it comes to defending people if the country decides to do it. If this country did not want to defend Ukraine, everybody in Congress would have been voted out of office last election but they weren't. The vast majority of them were sent back. Apparently, America wants to defend Ukraine. If you want to stop, you pull those people back out of Congress. And I'm fine with that, if that's what America decides. But that's not what America decided. Right or wrong, that's not what America decided. But whatever we do, we are not starting World War III here. The enemy is doing that, not us. I am sick and tired of America being blamed for all this crap and people who claim to love America, people who claim to love this country, are saying that we're to blame for this. We're to blame for World War III, if it happens, God forbid. That is a pretty freaking skewed view on the world, isn't it? How blind, how deaf, dumb, and blind do you have to be to really believe that crap?
Again, I just lost another 10% of the podcast audience by doing this episode. They're already gone, by the way. They left this episode at probably minute number 25. But 25 minutes into it, they were gone. So they've taken their white flags. They're gone. Those of you who are left, thank you for staying with me on this episode. If somebody wants to debate this history with me, I dare you to. If somebody wants to debate with me the way the United States had to fight the Soviet Union and China in Korea in the 1950s, and it did not start World War III... They sent tanks, they sent planes, they sent pilots. Heck, they sent 300,000 soldiers to kill our people. And all we were doing was defending people who wanted nothing more than their freedom. And tens of thousands of American soldiers died. And all too often this country forgets about them. And I'm sick and tired of it. Some days I feel like I am the only one who really cares about the soldiers. All of the crap this country says about we support our soldiers and we, we love the soldiers and thank you for your service. Where is it? Is it? When was the last time you heard anybody talk about Korea? And the way we had to take it in the shorts by the Soviet Union in the air and China on the ground in some kind of a, a, a bizarre tag team event to destroy the United States of America and South Korea. And no, it didn't start World War III. I am not going to apologize for being passionate about this subject about remembering what we went through in Korea. I am not going to apologize. If somebody is waiting for me out there to apologize or to be less harsh or to be less passionate about what happened to our people in Korea, it ain't ever going to be happening. You're going to be waiting until hell freezes over. You can go to Arlington National Cemetery and you can piss on the graves if you want to, but I'm not going to because that because China did that. Russia did that to us and to the South Koreans. And all we were fighting for is for people to be able to breathe free. We weren't fighting for oppression. We weren't fighting for land. We weren't fighting for resources. We weren't fighting to take from anybody. We were fighting to preserve nothing more than the free air that was being enjoyed by people in South Korea. Unlike what was going on in the North. Still to this day, by the way. I've had it, ladies and gentlemen. I've had it. And if there's anybody still out there within the sound of my voice who's upset by any of this... Like I said, do what you want to do and go to Arlington Cemetery and piss on the graves because I know that's what you want to do. I know that's what you want to do. You can deny it six ways to Sunday. I don't give a crap. You're a liar. Defending people's freedom is not starting World War III, especially when you understand the things that these people have been through, like the Koreans post-World War II. Do you have any idea what they went through under Japan, under the Imperial Army of Japan? Do you have any idea what those people endured? under that godforsaken nightmare, and then to have their freedom threatened again by those tyrants up in the North and the Soviet Union and China. One more nightmare just knocking on their doorstep, and thank God there were people like Lieutenant Takahashi from the United States of America who were there to make sure that that didn't happen to them again. Thank God. And all the horrors that Ukraine has had to endure under Stalin, the starvations, the mutilations, the murders... And one more nightmare knocking on their doorstep today. And we're supposed to cut and run and walk on eggshells because we might make Russia angry. We might start World War III. And by God, don't even get anybody started about that no-fly zone. Oh, that's going to start World War III. We do a no-fly zone. The Soviets freaking did it in Korea! Or they tried to. They couldn't do a no-fly zone because, quite frankly, our American pilots kicked their rear end all over the place. But they tried to create a no-fly zone over Korea in the 1950s. So why can't we do the same thing in Ukraine today? 
Why can't we do some get back for what they did to us in Korea? Now, I'm not advocating to it. I'm not advocating for the no-fly zone. I'm just trying to make a point how ridiculous this argument is that we're going to start World War III by sending 40 tanks, which is a paltry sum of armor, if you ask me. Just to listen to these people freak out. Every time, every time a, a bullet crosses the border from Poland into Ukraine, these people freak out that World War III is going to break out. I've never heard a dumber argument in my entire life. God, I don't know whether it's cowardice or just plain stupidity. I hope uh, all of you folks understand why I'm passionate about this. And I want to hear from you. I want, to, I want you to leave a review on the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And that, there's no cost to do that. It's, it, it costs me something for you to do that. I pay for it. I pay for the ability to leave reviews on the podcast just simply because the podcast is there and I pay for it. It costs money for me to do this. And I've been, I've been recording for more than an hour now. I got up at 7 o'clock this morning, roughly, and I went into the office. I, I put in a full day, roughly 10, 11 hours. I came back, ate some dinner, and I started, record, started doing some prep work for this podcast episode, and then I started recording the episode. So believe me when I tell you I understand that your time is valuable. I'm just like you. I'm a working man in middle America. Just like you. Or, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's women listening to this podcast too. So working men and women. So when you take time out of your day to listen to this podcast for an hour or more, and then I ask you to leave a review on the podcast, your time is valuable, and I understand that. I understand it better than probably most podcasters do. But I do want to hear back from you on this issue. And I'm not asking for you to rally with me in solidarity. I just want to know, do you, do you understand why I'm so passionate about this? Do you understand where I'm coming from here? Or do you think I'm just way off base? Do you think I have, I have left the farm and I'm so far out there I can't be reeled back in again? I want you to let me know in the reviews. Constructive criticism is fine. Or again, if you want to go over to the Patreon website, uh, the link should be in the show notes to this episode. And if you want to subscribe over there, again, you have to create an account. I know that takes time, but if you want to subscribe over there, you can. And if you want to subscribe over there for just a just just one month, send one message or a couple of messages, and then and then check out and unsubscribe because you don't want to spend the dollar anymore. I'm fine with that. It's it's whenever you want to join, whenever you want to leave, it's it's up to you. I'm totally open about that. But if you want to send a message through there, if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, that's part of the reason why I created that. By the way, is for those folks who don't have who don't listen on Apple Podcasts who still want to be able to send a message. And for those folks who subscribe on Patreon, I thank you very much for that. It means a lot to me uh, that you would separate yourself from your time and your money to be able to do that. I try to create some good content over here and give you some thought-provoking content, stuff that you probably won't hear anywhere else. I firmly believe that the work that I do here has a value to you if you want to study history and understand how we got here. And I know that this was not about the Founding Fathers. That's why it's a bonus episode. I'm not going to take away from the content that we do normally. I will be recording another episode probably tomorrow or Saturday. Tomorrow's Friday. I'll probably be recording one tomorrow or Saturday, and then I'll have to edit and upload and do all the other things. I'm, this, this is a whole weekend project for me. I work during the week, and then I work during the weekend. I got my job during the week, and I got this on the weekend. But you know what? If, if, if you people appreciate the content, it's worth it to me to do it. And I thank you. And I did get, a, uh, I did get one comment from our, uh, our often contributor, Jared, uh, he left a comment about the 100th episode. I will be addressing that comment on episode 100. So it's going to be about 10 episodes until, until I get to that. But I wanted, you, I wanted him to know that I will be getting to it. And good news, this weekend I will be recording the Supreme Court episode that you requested. I'm going to be talking about the Supreme Court this weekend. I don't know when this episode's going to drop exactly. It'll probably be before that episode, though. 
So you'll probably hear this before you hear that, so you'll know it's coming. And once again, for all those folks who share this podcast with other people to try to get the word out about it, that means the world to me. And I thank you for that. Because this is a, this is a very uncomfortable podcast at times to listen to. Be, number one, because sometimes I'm yelling into the microphone, and sometimes we're talking about some very harsh and real subjects, like the Korean War. Some people don't like to hear about it because it's difficult to listen to. The things that people had to endure while they were there. Defending freedom. Some people would say, oh, it's American imperialism. You know what? There's millions and millions of people breathing free in South Korea today. I don't think they give a crap if it was American imperialism or because we were bored on a Thursday afternoon or whatever. They're just happy to be free. And if you got a problem with that, move to North Korea for a few years and then come back and tell me how you liked it. And then shut up. But I want to thank everybody else who does appreciate this content. I want to thank, and for those of you who are still here, still listening to this episode, by the way, for all those people who made it to the end of the episode, if you, if you give a shout out in the, uh, in the Apple podcast reviews that you made it to the end of episode, this is probably going to be bonus episode number two. If you made it to the end, then mention that in your review and I'll thank you for it on, on a future episode because this is going to be probably a long one and very difficult to listen to. I know. But I hope I hope you join me on the next episode of the podcast, and I hope to see you there because we got some more letters from our founding fathers to talk about. We got some Supreme Court to talk about. We've got some Congress and some Office of the President to talk about as it pertains to the Constitution of the United States of America. We've got a Revolutionary War to talk about. We've got all kinds of stuff to talk about, and it's all coming up on the Letters from Our Founding Fathers podcast. Thank you for joining me. And with all that said, this is Roman signing out. Thank you.